Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to a very special episode of TFL Talking Trucks because this is a world debut of a brand new truck. And of course, uh, this is an audio recording, so you can listen to it anywhere. If you're listening, you can listen to Apple, uh, Amazon Podcast, Spotify, everywhere else that podcasts are distributed. But uh, this is also going to be a video recording on our YouTube channel, TFL Talk. And um, it's a video walk around, so it's a very special episode, actually, because we have the expert, uh, Samantha in this case, and uh, a brand new truck, which is basically a big rig, semi, heavy hauler, uh, work truck. Do you guys love trucks? If so, we've got a new podcast that will keep you entertained for hours, from on-road to off-road, from Raptors to Frontiers to Tacomas. Check out tfltruck.com podcast, or go to wherever you get your favorite podcast, including Google Podcasts, iTunes, and Spotify. So, Samantha, please introduce yourself really quick and kind of let's start with the Western Star 49X. You got it. Thank you. My name is Samantha Parlera. I'm the head of vocational market development for Daimler Trucks North America. And Western Star is a proud member of that Daimler Truck North America family. So my job is to take a look at the vocational truck market, figure out what we need to develop for the future, like 10 years out and longer, as well as figure out how to increase our market share of what we've got today. And the 49X is our latest tool in that toolbox. And it's giant. It's right behind you. <laughs> well, for your viewers, I'm not so giant myself. Um, on a good day and with these shoes, I might break the five foot two plane. So it's actually not as large as it seems because I'm not so large. But compared to your everyday pickup truck, it's pretty significantly bigger. So it's a big rig, uh, fair to say. It's a so big tell rig. me, tell me a little bit about. So it's a brand new kind of model, 49X. Uh, tell me about what is this vocational type of industry? What are, what is that about? Yeah, most people when they hear vocational think that for a living I get to go on vacations all the time. <laughs> which is not the case. I wish it was, but it is not the case. Vocational means a, a truck that's really designed to do a specific task or job. So when you think about, when you say the term big rig, what it conjures up in my brain is kind of that long and tall truck cruising across the highway and he's got a 53 foot box van behind him and it can carry anything. It can carry TVs, it can carry toilet paper, you know, it can, it can carry anything. These trucks um, in the vocational market are designed to do one thing only and do it well. Like for example, um, behind me here, I've got a 49X with a dump body on it. Uh, dump trucks, construction trucks, those are all vocational trucks. Uh, garbage trucks, for example, you would never send a garbage truck out to do an Amazon delivery. So in our world, we call that a vocational. It's got a specific job to do, it's vocation, and it does it all day long, every day. So it's a job and it's also usually a very, very 
tough job, right? Because uh, this is also kind of like a quarry truck where it's carrying, you know, gravel or rock or maybe even uh, logs or something else, right? Yeah, what's really different and, and actually from the manufacturer and design and engineering perspective, very difficult, is that you have to design a truck that's going to do a gamut of things. So you mentioned logging. Um, one of the ways, and maybe we'll get into a little bit more that we test our trucks, is we go and visit customers. And we uh, instrument them with um, three-axis uh, accelerometers, really. It's, it's bringing back the engineering days of my youth. But we put over 300 different spots of instrumentation on these trucks, and we run them around. And the way that we found that the BC logger was, in fact, the toughest um, vocational job in the industry is by doing that. We rigged up logging trucks. We rigged up oil field trucks. We rigged up dump trucks, mixer trucks. Um, so some of them, incredibly harsh lives. Those BC loggers, the guys that you think of, uh, the old school guys with the chainsaws and the plaid shirts out, out in the wild, taking the trees down and bringing them home, those huge logs that become the trailer. We have to design a truck that works for that application, as well as the mixer truck that that sees a hard life, but it's a very different hard life. It's, it's spending a lot of time getting to and from the job site on asphalt, on pavement, and then a little bit of time on the job site and working. Um, two totally different use cases, and we need one tool to do both jobs. Awesome. So let's start kind of the uh, visual portion of this uh, um, show and kind of show me the new look of the truck a little bit. And let's talk about, I noticed new headlights also. Yeah, so the headlights are, are critical. So most vocational, especially in construction up north, they start their days out early. They like to start early before traffic gets in the way. Um, and what happens overnight, things ice up. So even in the cold northern tundra, you can see if you look real closely here, can you see that? Yeah. These lines here? So that's actually a proprietary technology where we print the heated grid on the back side of this lens. So nothing's going to damage it. It's not going to get scraped off. And it's dual stage. It both heats and um, heats to melt the ice and, and heats to clear fog and condensation in warm climates. So this bad boy can melt three millimeters of ice at minus 40 in under 10 minutes. Um, so it looks cool, but like everything you'll see about this truck, completely functional and intentional. So if we back up and give you kind of a, um, you know what, I'm gonna hop in and turn on the lights too, because you'll see with the styling on this thing that we've really gone for a tough, aggressive look that's in line with what this truck needs to do. Yeah, and it's obviously LED lights we're talking about here. And obviously amber marker lights all over the place and br really yeah, bright LEDs. Really bright LEDs, all LED, which is one of the reasons that that heated grid is so important. LED lights don't generate heat. So to keep this clear um, day and night, we, ha we had to create that technology. Um, one of the, the styling features that the personal favorite of mine is this lighted air intake lamp. So you've got your air intake here, but this, this lighted lamp is important for two reasons. One, quite frankly, I think it just looks badass. Mm -hmm. um, but it's also fantastic from a visibility standpoint. So think about, you know, I want to challenge your listeners now when they're out driving around to like, look at all the construction trucks around them. Most people don't spend a lot of time watching them, but if you take a look, they're everywhere and they're in cities, they're in job sites. This is a turn signal as well. So when you're at that four-way stop, this bad boy is going to let other drivers know, hey, I'm turning. This uh, eyebrow lens here, 
also goes to a turn signal. So lots of visuals for other people in the area to know what that truck's intention is. Yeah, and that uh, heating element on the headlight is very important. I wish more pickup trucks these days would have a heating element because I've had a couple of snowstorms in Colorado where you know the visibility um, goes down in a snowstorm and there's no way to clear the headlight, which is yeah, which is dangerous. other than getting out with the uh, old-fashioned ice scraper, which nobody likes to do. So we're yeah. we're really proud of the technology here, and this is this. Um, lamp and lens have been six years, over six years in the making, just on the headlights. And you'll notice we had to develop two, something you don't find in the light duty truck industry. And, and if we could get uh, back out a little bit and take a look, we have a set forward and a set back axle. And that refers to the position of the axle here. I'll, I'll jump in and show you the position of the bumper to the center line of the axle. Um, the reason we have two is there are weight distribution laws all over the country, all over North America, different cities, states, countries that that tell you what your weight's got to be across your axles. And sometimes it's advantageous to have one that's further forward. And sometimes it's advantageous to have one that's set back. So we had to create two different headlights, two different hoods, obviously, um, to, to, to cover those needs. Awesome. So let's kind of dig in further. I think people might yeah. be wondering uh, what's under the hood and also how actually heavy are these trucks? Well, turns out that's a really difficult question to answer. Not what's under the hood, but how heavy it is. Uh -huh. um, and the reason that's difficult and my, my, my stature doesn't help. Uh oh, did we, did we not? Un we lock this hood back up. His stature doesn't help in getting the hood open. I think that it's it's uh, it's it's locked on that side. Push it up. Yeah. Uh, but back there to your weight question. Yeah, that was awkward. Um, back to your weight question. Because the trucks are so different, right? So the way you spec a dump truck completely different from the way you spec a logging truck. You can almost think of all of the major components of this truck as unique, right? You spec the front suspension, so what front springs you have, what rating you need. You spec the rear suspension, what type of suspension. You go in for an air ride, you go in for a uh, walking beam, you go in for good old fashioned springs, um, depending on what you want the truck to do. So the weight ranges, I mean, you can spec one that's 16,000 pounds and you can spec one that's a hell of a lot heavier. So no clear answer on weight, but um, we're under the hood now. Mm -hmm. So what, what are some of the uh, power options that these trucks have? So the 49X actually has four different power unit options. Our um, own proprietary Detroit um, powertrain. So they, we've got a DD16, which is a 16 liter, and a DD15, which is a 15 liter. The DD16 goes up to 600 horsepower and 2,050 pounds of torque. So a tiny bit bigger than what you see in everyday automotive. Um, but we also offer Cummins X15 and X12, and that X12 is a lighter weight option. It goes all the way up to 500 horsepower, but only 1,700 foot-pounds of torque. This particular truck has got that DD16 in it. So a uh, couple cool things you, you see here that the engineers have the challenge of doing, spitting a 16-liter motor under a hood of a truck that's going to spend time in the city. So we still, we use displayed rail. Um, going to be probably pretty hard for you to see but that rail actually widens out at the front so that we could get the motor lower 
get the radiator lower and make that hood angle really severe so we don't give up on things like visibility, which keeps people safe. That's the, you know, number one, truck's got to do its job, but it's got to do it while keeping people safe. Uh -huh. And um, I heard that you have a new transmission. Is all of these uh, engines have the new transmission or how does that work? No, it works the same way as the suspensions. You, you pick your powertrain based on what you're trying to do and your transmission. So we do limit some of the combinations. It's not a complete free-for-all where you can put any transmission with any engine because that would create a myriad of design options bigger than I can mathematically calculate at this exact moment. Um, but the DT12 vocational and vocational extreme transmissions do go behind either the DD15 or DD16 engine. So tell me a little bit more about the transmission because this is kind of a brand new thing, right? Yeah, it's a game changer. It's awesome. Um, so a little history uh, about our parent company, Daimler Trucks North America. We, we also are a part of Global Daimler, and they developed the DT12 highway version of the transmission a number of years ago. And before that, automated manual transmissions, which are basically a manual transmission that uses technology. It started out with air solenoids, electronic shifters to make the shift faster than a person can. Um, I'll digress a little bit. I know you mentioned you were getting your CDL. Have you have you driven a manual transmission truck yet? Uh, no, and actually, I drove I drove an automated. Uh, uh, actually, I think it may have been a Freightliner. Yeah, which is a great great. I'm glad it stayed in our Daimler family of brands. Yeah. So, 15 years ago, Andrea, if you had been trying to get your CDL, you would have had a harder time because. Pretty much manual transmissions were the way that you went. Every big rig had that great 18 speed. And what a lot of people who've never tried to drive a manual transmission in a truck don't know, they expect it's like ma driving a manual transmission in a car, right? So they're like, ah, I can drive a stick, I know how to do the clutch. It's totally opposite. There's no synchronization in, in big rig transmissions. And what that means is you've got to match your engine RPM to the speed that the transmission is, gears are spinning. So when you go to make an upshift, you actually have to drop your RPM speed. And when you go to make a downshift, you have to raise it. So that intuitive thing when, you're, um, when you learn to drive the manual transmission in a car and you're, you know, you're on, on the gas, off the clutch, and your feet are doing this, the exact opposite of what you want to do when you're driving a truck. And um, that's why when I was learning to drive well over, I think, drive a truck well over 15 years ago now, I used to just repeat, grind them till you find them, because you'd actually grind the gear if you didn't get those speeds matched up. A lot of talking I just did there. I apologize for that. But the reason that's important is because when we, when we um, introduced our DT12 highway automated manual, so the automated manual transmission can make those shifts way faster than a person can. And that's where double clutching comes from. You, you clutch once to come out of the gear and then you clutch again to put it back in after you've matched your, your RPMs up. Mm -hmm. So think about it. I mean, you know, you're, you're limited by human capabilities and some, you can work the, the pedals pretty fast, but nowhere near as fast as, as solenoids and computer equipment, I'm afraid. So uh, we brought around that, that change in the on highway market because we introduced it and people were like, it can't be as good as a human. It can't, it can't. And, and turns out it could and had a lot of benefits. People got less tired. Um, the, the clutches in, in these things are beasts. Like my leg would shake after, especially in city driving, you're in, you're out. And um, I used to know off the top of my head and I don't anymore what the clutch resistance was in a manual transmission, but it's a workout. 
And people started adopting it. And I think we're going to see that here, bringing it all the way back to the vocational space. Um, automated manuals have become more and more popular in the vocational space, but it's been a little more of a holdout. And we're excited about the DT12 V and VX to really take it to the next level. And this is basically a 12 speed, is that correct? Correct. Okay. Um, so uh, I want to kind of transition to the cab and talk about kind of the new cab design and also kind of what it takes to test one of these trucks before you actually launch it like this, right? Yeah, it takes a lot. It takes, I'd say we started testing over five years ago um, and we have, we have a whole design process we go through where we iterate like any, I'm sure it's like any automotive design where we have a schedule and we're like, hey, we get our our very first sample, uh, we call it our A sample, we, and we test that. And we started that testing that at our high desert proving grounds in Madras, Oregon, um, and where it's sunny most of the year so we can run trucks continuously in consistent environment. And we started testing that A sample design over five years ago. And so that's the whole truck. Um, but in addition to that, we, we mount just the cab, and sometimes we also do the cab and, and chassis on shaker tables. And that basically takes, when I talked about instrumenting earlier, we go out, we instrument the trucks, we create a map, basically. We say, hey, a typical logging truck gets these inputs in this format. And we create, recreate those inputs on a giant shaker table that then beats the truck to hell in the exact same way it's used in real life. So that shaker table can rack up 800,000 vocational miles, just like that customer is beating it up day in and day out. 800,000 um, is, in, in vocational land, a lot. Typically, a vocational customer, and again, it's such a broad broad term, runs about 10,000 miles a year, sometimes 25, 30, but they don't generally rack up a lot of miles because they're doing that job site work most of the time. Rack mm -hmm. up a lot of engine hours, not a lot of miles. I gotcha. All right, let's start transition to the cab and the, the new yeah. design. Yeah, this is our X-Series cab. Um, the 49X is, is new for us and it's a new cab. The cool part is, again, being part of that Daimler family, we could pull from technology all across the globe and we did that in the design of this cab. Um, it's an aluminum cab with strategically placed steel reinforcements. We use a technology called topology optimization where we basically can look at all the forces that happen on a cab, including in rollover situations, and we can create an exoskeleton that can resist all of it. So um, really cool technology. If we get a chance, uh, especially if you come out here, I would love to take you kind of behind the curtain a little bit and show you what some of the engineers do for fun. Yes, engineers do some weird things for fun. But um, get, you, get you a chance to see that in person because it's cool. So cool. then if, if that's not enough, like shaking the bejesus out of it, actually driving it over, over harsh events, we crush it. We do um, one test called the pendulum test where I actually take all the weight and swing from the side, nail it, and then we do another one where we just straight up put it in between steel plates and crush it. And, and the reason we do that is to make sure if you are in an unfortunate situation like a rollover, everybody stays safe. Very, very cool. Uh, um, well, so how do you get into one of these? What's, um, well, we have a little ingress? rule in the industry that's called three points of contact. Yes. Um, kind of like when you, you're working around your house, you should always use three points of contact, two hands and foot, two feet and a hand. So you'll notice right away, lots of grab handle options. You've got an external one that's mounted on the exhaust stack, two internal ones. 
This is actually a certified grab handle, this pocket, map pocket. It's reinforced with metal um, so that if somebody wanted to hang off of it, and if that somebody was a 350 pound person, they could hang off of that. Um, and then, so when you get in, it's, it's actually pretty simple in the new 49X. We took a lot of attention to detail when we designed those steps to make sure they were like a staircase instead of um, more like a ladder. So in the past, a lot of, you would just kind of make them vertical and in you would get. And if, Sarah, if you could zoom in and come back out here with my three points of contact, I hope you notice how, how uh, closely I adhered to the rule. Zoom in right here, because this is, um, come, from, come from this angle here. So we actually, the depth of engineering in this ingress and egress and access package is crazy. So we used to always just use a square, a square step, right? You just cut it off, but that gives you a much smaller tread surface. So we ended up designing steps that, that tuck up onto the fuel tank so we could shove the top step further inward, keep the bottom step outward to get that staircase ingress and egress. And I'll, I'll hop back in and then I'll show you a view of what the driver would see. I'm gonna pass me that. So the cool part here is you can see all three steps as you get in and out. So in the past, that was much more like a ladder. You'd, the, the actual top of the cab was right over the top of the step, was right over the top of the next step. And you see this real kick-ass Western Star um, metal door plate. It's great because you can scrape your boots off on it. Um, it's going to keep mud, snow, and ice out of your cab, but it also is that top step. And then you'll notice um, how aggressive the treads are here. And this is interesting. A lot of people, interesting to me, I should say, um, a lot of people don't realize the, the intent and engineering that goes into designing a tread pattern. Um, these, these holes are actually tested to make sure mud, debris, ice chunks will fall through these larger holes. While these smaller holes are strategically placed to add grip, too much grip and you could cause a slip and fall injury, not enough grip and you could cause a stroke and fall injury. Um, so we repeatedly tested grip size of holes, locations of holes to come up with what we have here, which is the perfect blend of grip pole access to get in and out. Very, very cool. It's not that cool. I don't think you're, you're like, she's nerdy and that's okay. <laughs> I think it's pretty, I think it's pretty cool, but um, I don't know. I, I, I love it. I love the, the work that goes into something like this. Um, we had, we had operators and drivers from across the country come in with different size feet all the way up to size 15. You know, I don't have huge feet. We've talked about my stature a little bit, but we had them with their big boots, their big work boots getting in and out to make sure that something so basic was, is ridiculously well designed and safe. Well, that's what you're doing probably more often, right? Getting in and out of your truck. So Yeah, so, yeah. It, you know, that's a good point when... When you talk about the big rig driver, um, what they do when they start their day is they get in, they shut the door and they drive for about four hours. A vocational customer or a vocational operator gets in, gets back out to do something, gets in, gets out, loads his truck up, gets to the job site. His drive is such a small part of their entire day. And after doing all of our studies, we found out that drivers and operators in a vocational environment are getting in and out up to 50 times a day. That's like a typical uh, concrete mixer. He, that that operator is getting in and out 50 times in one day. So, so the intention here has got to be spot on. Uh, very different from from kind of typical driving that you would you would think of. 
So it's a, it's also an exercise. <laughs> it is, you know, it is an exercise and it's funny you say that I, um, I was, I was driving a couple weeks ago, um, out at our proving grounds in Madras. We also have a rock quarry there that we use. And the next day I was really sore and I couldn't figure out why I was sore. And I realized that I had probably climbed in and out of a truck around a hundred times that day. And I had gotten a little bit of a workout. So for some people, it is an exercise. Very cool. So can we can show me kind of the controls and let's yeah. talk about all the kind of technology that comes in into this truck. Yeah. Do you want, um, you want me to take it over and film or do you want, yeah. How do you want how do you want to handle the Yeah, I think you could film and kind of show the gauges, maybe the steering wheel. Okay. Also transmission modes. I think that's really cool. Um yeah. and kind of the the rest of it. Cool. Um Fred, you want to close the hood so it's so it's better better view. I'm gonna shut the door because otherwise all of the alarms about being safe will go off. Uh, you know what? I'm gonna keep these on. Um all right, so I'll, I'll, oh, you know what? Here, here's a little bit of an interesting thing. I asked Fred to shut the hood. He doesn't know that it comes standard with a hood lock so that it doesn't blow over in the wind. And he is trying to figure out how to shut it. <laughs> he's new so, at this. Fred is new at this. We should, we should give him a little bit of a break. It's, a, um, I think Fred can hear me. It's under the, you see it? It's yellow. You push it and then I'll let you close it. Oh, um, I forgot to ask you one more thing. You have a new kind of a hood suspension system, right? Oh, yeah. Fred, open it back up. <laughs> no. No. Okay. So, so you asked me that, and that's, and that's something I, um, I just think is, is so cool. It's, if, if you want to see me geek out, ask me okay. about the Isotech hood suspension. And it's, it's important enough for me to get out of the truck and show you myself because it's, it's just, it's just great. So, um, vocational trucks, you know, we talked a little bit about the job sites, but imagine like that logger, they are driving through ruts that are like a foot deep. Right. And think about when you're going at speed, cause every, you know, they want to get their loads. They want to get home at the end of the day, you're hitting that foot deep rut at 20, 25, 30 miles an hour. You're, you're sh sending, that force up through your axle, up through your suspen suspension, right here to where it's mounted. I mean, it's bushed, right? It's like old spring style suspensions. You got a bushing here that, that takes, or that's not, it's right. I'm doing a bad job of being both the uh, talker and the videographer, but it's bush. So it's taking some of the, the weight, but it's basically right. You can see right here going right into the frame. And what would happen in a traditional hood mounting system is you would have a bushing mount that is mounted on that frame. And so you think about that force coming right up, right into the frame, right into the hood, and the hood takes a beating. So this is the Isotech hood suspension. It's actually basically a coilover design. The strut also takes some of, some of that force and it dissipates that energy. And what we were able to do over the last six years is tune these springs to be the right, um, to get the right frequency so that the hood is protected. So it's a, it's a, DCPD hood that actually flexes quite a bit. So we could use that in combination with the material and create a hood that doesn't break. It takes the flex, it takes the beating. Um, and, and I mean, I said it earlier, but it just revolutionizes what a hood looks like in the vocational market. Also so helps us take about a hundred pounds out of the entire system. That's really interesting. So basically the hood hinge 
is kind of a using a spring. So some of that, I'm just trying to understand it, make sure I get yeah. it right. Um, so the hood hinge is kind of also suspended, so it doesn't kind of send shock through the rest of the cab. Is that fair to say? Um, so it mounts, it's a four point mount. So the hinge itself, it mounts down, it mounts down here as part of that ISO tech system. So um, it's a little bit of a, a tight space here, but I've got my finger on it. I don't know if you can see it there. Um, uh -huh. And that's where it pivots. Uh, but then it mounts back here on this bushing. And so what really happens, and, and I think Fred can get you some pretty cool video of this, is as that frame is racking around and hitting those inputs, the hood, because the, the cab is mounted on a cab suspension, so it doesn't move as, as aggressively as the frame does, the hood is mounted here and flexes up there, right? Mm -hmm. So it stays stable. So when you watch that video, you'll see the radiator is actually mounted to the frame and you'll see that moving and the hood isn't moving. Um, and that really is protecting that hood material. It's also keeping the driver more energized because their eyesight, when we close the hood and we get in the cab, I'll, I'll show you, their eyesight is, uh, is, could be distracted by the hood bouncing around and you've got the plane of the dash. Mm -hmm. And when you're driving that truck, it's not moving. And so you're, you're getting a lot less fatigue on that operator. Okay, gotcha. That's, I'm learning so much today, so thank you very much. Hey, no, this is, this is, this is really fun for me as well. I can, talk about, I can talk about this truck all day long. So thank you for taking your time. Um, all right, so now, I'm, I'm inside and um, I'll take you through. So one of the other things about a vocational um, trucks is that they always need to have equipment added. So your, your, your big rig truck that's hauling down, that's hauling freight in a trailer has what's called a fifth wheel. And that's what hooks up to the trailer and mates the trailer they drive around. These trucks have bodies that are mounted. So we send a truck uh, that looks a lot like this one like frame rails out of our factory and it goes somewhere and it gets the body put on it. So this one in particular is a Godwin dump that got put on um, and they have to mount controls and things like that mm -hmm. um, in, in order for it to work. So we've got some cool features that we designed into this truck that really help make it easier for bodybuilders to do that. This one right here, uh, it's our quick fit, quick fit dash plug and it's a plug that allows you direct access into the RP1226 connector, which is really the intelligent backbone of the truck system. So when they, the bodybuilder gets that truck, they used to have to actually take this entire dash surface off to access that brain. And think about every one of these control switches, a lot more switches than you typically find in, um, in, a, in a regular pickup they all have a very important purpose on the job site. And if you screw any of those things up, then the bodybuilder puts the dash back on, they mess up a, they mess up a wiring, uh, a connector, they, they break something, then the customer's got a problem. I just realized my hands over the lens, there we go. Um, so another, another thing we've got here is that flex plate. This is a, a metal plate that the bodybuilder can actually take off and put their own in or drill this. This one's actually um, set up for a RAM mount so you can mount a screen, mm -hmm. um, which is, is real popular and vocational to have a, a control screen as well. So that's why you see this, this connector here and these holes there for a RAM mount. Um, got your, your typical HVAC. That's kind of 
no different. We've got 10 different blower speeds. It's important, obviously, to keep operators dry, comfortable, keep the windshield, the windshield clear. Uh, but I'll zoom in here on these switches for you so you can kind of get an idea of the, the thing about the vocational market, the guy's wearing gloves and he needs to be able, or he or she needs to be able to operate these. Um, this is the AT, the traction control off, hill start aid off, mm -hmm. lane departure warning on and off. So this, this particular truck is equipped with um, safety systems. So if you start to drift out of your lane, you'll get a loud buzzer that tells you pay more attention. Uh, is this, um, can we spend a little bit more time on kind of the driver assistance features? So uh, yeah. these trucks can now have something like the adaptive cruise control, is that right? And also kind of side warning? Um, yeah, this one, in fact, let's try a little experiment if that's okay with you. Can't guarantee mm -hmm. it's gonna work, but um, I wonder if I start the truck up and have Fred walk, oh, actually, just turning it on, we'll get. So this um, triangle here in the A pillar, Mm -hmm. is connected to a sensor that's on the right-hand side of the truck. And when someone is, walks by, there's a car object there, and you're going slow, it turns, um, it turns yellow to warn you. If you turn on your turn signal and something's there, it turns red and you get an audible as well. And that's what we call our side guard assist um, to help a driver know that something's there. You can also see from this position, you've got that, that uh, C-bar mirror and it's got a two-piece. You can see my my assistants there walking by to try to turn the light yellow, um, but it does have two sections of the mirror. You, you see this a lot too on pickup trucks where they have the flat glass on the top and the, the curved glass on the bottom to give you a completely um, good good view. And we also, this one's also equipped with a down view mirror so that you can see straight down as well if you're on a job site. Um, this one does have, um, the advanced braking assist technology, which goes all the way down to zero. So that's used, um, that's done by creating radar that we that's mounted on the bumper, as well as the camera and the guts that are inside of this thing. And you can basically follow a, follow a car. It will, it will uh, we're not driving, but it'll show you here on the screen. Let me see if I can turn these lights off and get you a better, I can kind of see it. Yeah, I mean, can you see it? it? Yeah, I can see the center gauge cluster and kind of those highway marker lines kind yeah. of on the screen. And the, so if the zone. we were, yep. So if we were driving, just like um, you, you see in a lot of passenger cars today, and you were following a car, it would hone in on that car and it would adjust your speed accordingly to keep a safe following distance that you set based on the seconds and how and how. Um, how far you want to follow and it does it all the way down to zero. So what that means is if you're in stop and go traffic, it'll, it'll stop the truck and within, uh, I think it's two and a half seconds, restart you, um, and you don't have to do a thing. So it's pretty cool. That's it's unheard of in the vocational truck industry to have technology like that integrated. So we're really excited about Detroit Assurance coming into the vocational market. It's very cool. Uh, you know, I, I've talked, I think there's two schools of thought. Uh, I've talked to several kind of long haul drivers, uh, big semi, big rig drivers. And um, um, usually there's a part of the customer base there, the drivers who don't like assistance. <laughs> they always say, yep. you, know, I, you, know, I, you know, I'm a professional driver. I want to drive by myself. Um, have you heard those different points of view um, on, on this? Absolutely. And, and Andre, quite frankly, it's like anything. Um, I don't know. Do you have, do you have uh, a safety system in your own car? 
Well, I, I drive many, many different trucks. I'm very fortunate. Um, yeah. And I'm kind of proponent of technology. I like it because I'm also studying it, right? Because I'm, I'm trying to figure out, you know, how do these systems work? Uh, but I also know a lot of my friends just in pickup trucks who don't want those systems. You know? to, yeah. Yeah. So the reason I ask is because I'm probably a little bit, um, a little bit different where I used to be a little more like, ah, it's a gimmick, right? And then I ended up, um, ended up getting a car that had a safety system. And it came on one time um, with the, when I was driving and it was, an, it, it was an incident that happened out of my control and the car, the car could react faster than I could. And that's just a fact, right? The, the amount of time it takes you to take your foot from the throttle to the brake versus how quickly the car can do it, the car is going to be faster every single time. And I think it only takes one of those incidents for you to realize it's not you know, it's not, are you not a professional driver? Cause we hear that as well. People, you know, we have customers that are like, no, I'm a professional driver. I, I am, I can be better than the computer. And even the best driver, your reaction times are not faster than the technology. And um, so I think what we'll see over time is, is like a lot of technology adoption. It just continues to increase. And as people get more exposure to it, um, that's, that's kind of how, how I see it. it's how the industry has sort of responded on the on highway side. And I don't mm -hmm. think the vocational industry will be any different once it starts to prove itself and, and people get comfortable with it. They learn more about it and they have those moments where, you know, and you know what I'm talking about, the like the heart stopping, yeah. like, wow, that just either saved my life or saved some significant damage. And then you, you kind of, you go from being a doubter to, to being a lover. Yeah, and I agree. And I also think that as, um, as, um, as these technologies um, actually advance and become smoother, right, because there is some perception that, oh, it's jerky and it's doing this and it's doing that, but, uh, but they have advanced. So and oh, as, as, cool. long as, it, as long as it becomes better and smoother, I think there's going to be more welcoming, you know, for that. You know, and that's, and that's probably one of our biggest challenges is that the early technologies were pretty janky. I don't know if that's a, a technical term that we're janky, but there's a lot of people that had experience with the early technology and they were like, Hey, this isn't for me. Um, and the Detroit assurance technology is above and beyond anything people have experienced before. And so it's kind of, it's, that's just a challenge in life is to get people to, to realize that it's evolved, it's come a long way and to give it another shot if they tried an earlier version of safety systems that, that appeared on the market. I think they've been out well over a decade now in the market in the truck industry. They've been in cars for longer than that. Cool. Um, before, I, I wanted to ask you about some of the other modes on the transmission, but since we're talking yeah. about a little bit more future uh, looking, um, do, does the Daimler Group and Western Star, what about electrification? Are you guys uh, looking into those um, areas as well for big trucks? You know, um, we are. I think we've, we've talked, Daimler has talked really publicly about it. I am not the electric, electrification spokesperson. Clearly, uh -huh. I'm having trouble even saying it. So um, I'm not going to uh, off, offer my opinions or, or comments on it. I will say as, as we continue to study the technology, when it makes sense to bring it to the vocational market, we'll pull on that Daimler Global every single time and, and bring it in as quickly and as efficiently as possible once it makes sense. Okay, so can we keep going on the kind of some of the controls? Yeah. I really liked that you have different transmission modes. I, I think that's really interesting. It's kind of like a pickup truck, 
it is like a pickup truck. There's three different modes on the DT12 transmission. Um, and, and it's interesting, different and similar, I guess, to some pickup trucks, but, but not necessarily all. The customer can actually specify which modes they want. So you may have a customer like in the oil field that says, hey, I really just want to have regular and off-road, right? There's, so it's economy, performance, and off-road are the three levels that we offer. So someone can say, I want my driver to have access to all three of those. And the way that they engage it um, is through, we have our own proprietary shifter. Um, can you see that stock there? Yeah, it's on the column, steering column. Yep, steering column. And that's actually the way you, you go from neutral to drive to reverse is right here. And then to change the mode, it's just a quick push. push. Um, and you can go to that performance or off-road just by doing that and then you can hold it in to go to manual mode where you actually then just do a sh you can oh do you hear it I don't know if you can hear it I'm making it it's trying to shift I'm in neutral but it it's uh thinking I'm trying to drive um but that's how you upshift and downshift if you're in that manual mode um so there you see um as you push as you change it mm -hmm. should fire myself as a videographer as you change it there that um, driver information display will tell you what's going on. And there's also something uh, called paver mode, rock free mode. Yeah. Power mode. What, what is that? Power mode. They all sound really cool. And Andre, I cannot wait to, to demonstrate that to you when you get here. So paver modes, uh, we'll start with that one. It's probably the most basic. So again, challenge your listeners to uh, when they see some construction out there, stop and take a look at what's going on um, because you'll start to observe things and and the way that asphalt is laid down for most roads now is the dump truck pulls up on the job site and then it it basically backs up to the operation and a paver which is um at the front of it it's got like this large opening that's like the, a bucket that like a big bucket yeah yeah bucket's probably not the right <laughs> word it's it's God, it's a paver. There's no, yeah. if you, I want everybody to Google asphalt pavers so they know what I'm talking about, but it's just basically a big opening and the, the dump truck will start to raise the dump truck, but that paver is actually what's pushing the dump truck. So you need to shift your transmission. If you're the driver, so for right now, we're going to pretend like we're driving and we're paving. So we pulled up, we, uh, we pull our, we put our PTO in, in gear. We raise our bed, right? So there's a hydraulic system that's going to drive the Ram. That's going to raise the truck bed. And the asphalt starts to fall into paver. And as the driver, I'm watching in this mirror and I'm watching somebody about 150 feet behind me and they're giving me hand signals. And they're doing like, hey, raise your bed, lower your bed, because what's the gravity feed is what's mm -hmm. feeding the asphalt into the paver. And the paver is setting the speed. So paver mode means that you don't have to touch anything in the truck. You just have to put it into drive and drive away. And it will start to drive away without changing speed. Imagine what would happen if you have this and it's slow. You're talking like, you know, feet, feet per minute. It's it, the pavers going real slow and they're and they're laying out asphalt that's about this thick. If you if you push down the brakes and you stop the paver and it's continually feeding the material, mm -hmm. what it's gonna create a bump in the road, which no one's gonna like, no one's gonna be happy with. And and realistically, if that happened, they'd have to redo that section of road. Um so paver mode means you put it into drive. So if 
when that guy gives me the signal and he says, hey, drive away, I flip it into drive and I drive away and it drives away seamlessly from the job site. So that's how paver mode works. Um, I, I got a little excited about that, even though I said it wasn't that great. Power launch is, is for a totally different application. So it's where um, you've got a heavier load. So think heavy haul, somebody that's taking like a, a um, excavator to a job site or maybe in the oil field, they're, they're hauling um, equipment. It actually works through the transmission to give you more power and boost your power at launch so you can get going faster um, and, and get to where you need to be. So that's power launch. Rock free is, um, is awesome. So when you're on a job site, so think about, um, have, you ever, have you ever been to Michigan, the Upper Peninsula in Michigan? Thankfully, no, because I know I know that's where they do winter testing usually. But I, I want to I want to go there in the summer. Well, in the summer, if you go and and particularly like the spring and the fall, Michigan loggers actually are a really unique application, and that's where um, they go out into the forest. So if if pretend for a moment we're Michigan loggers, and so you're the driver, you're the only one there. The logging company has come through. They've cut the timber and you have a crane on the back of your truck and you have your, um, your trailer and you're going to load your logs all by yourself. And then you're going to get in, you're going to drive away. Well, in the spring in Michigan, the mud is deep yeah. and it's, it's common for these trucks to get stuck. And so what they do is they park a, a dozer about every five miles depends on, on where you're going. That's ready to go. So if a driver gets stuck, they have to get out walk all the way to get the dozer, bring it back, drag themselves out, take the dozer back, park it, and on, off they go. And what rock free mode does, if you, you get stuck, and you remember um, back in the days of your parents, like my parents taught me to drive in the snow and I, I learned how to drive in a manual. And if you got stuck, you know, like first reverse, first reverse, then you were, you were getting the momentum, you're rocking so that you could get some momentum and, and push yourself forward and get unstuck. And that's what the truck does. It uses the transmission that DT12 vocational or vocational extreme transmission, you, fl you flip this switch and it's got this, uh, that rock free symbol there that mm -hmm. shows you, um, hey, this is what, what we wanna do. You flip that sucker up, it'll put it into that mode on the display. And then you use the, the throttle to feather and get yourself rocking and get unstuck. And our customer test units in Michigan have used it more than once. And they actually sent us a video, the coolest thing, because they had all their friends there. Um, they had they had all their friends there. They had all their, 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 they were like, watch this. They intentionally got the truck stuck. They got it out and they were like, that's rock free mode, baby. And the smiles on their faces, they kind of had a party around rock free mode. It was, it was awesome. And it's cool for, for somebody on the inside to see that design process, get all the way out to the customer and see it work is just, it's the best, the best feeling to see people that excited about your new technology and your new offering. That's really, really cool. I have two more questions. I know you yeah. probably, we probably have to close down um, before we talk all day about this truck. Uh, <laughs> Uh, two more questions. Uh, can you give me an idea about price? I know uh, different fleets, you know, buy these trucks or lease them, but but can you give me give us any idea about pricing on this? Um, yeah, you know, it's it's a tough question because it's all over the board. How I talked a little bit earlier about how you spec it, right? The truck that I'm in is um, it actually has a tandem rear suspension, but has two lift axles, 
and that's going to dramatically change the price. So it, it swings so wildly. Um, the trucks actually you can get with a small, with a sleeper attached yeah. as well. So there are some vocational applications, like if you're the guy delivering to a job site, um, there's hours of service rules. You can't drive for more than eight hours at a time. So you need to have bunk time to be able to rest and recharge so you can get back out on the road. Um, and so all those different option variations make it next to impossible to say, hey, it's going to be around this. But you can spec a truck. Um, if your, your range is uh, for this new 49X at the lowest end is probably in the 90s all the way up to, to easily, easily get over 200 if you wanted to. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. That kind of gives me a good idea. So it's just such a big range. I hate yeah. talking about it, to be honest. That's fine. And usually a pickup truck, you know, they start at 30, but they can also be 80, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, it's, um, the, the big difference with pickup trucks is, is usually like you have packages, right? Mm -hmm. Where you like, you can, you can buy a package and then you, you kind of know what you're getting in that package. And, and in the truck industry, because everything is so specific to that job that you're trying to get done, you're really trying to set up the perfect machine and the perfect tool for that job. So it's, it's less package driven and more like component and option. And, um, you know, what are you really trying to get done? What are you really trying to do? It's more driven by that, which makes it challenging. And you're also keeping this truck for many, many years, right? It's in service for many yeah. years. Yeah. Um, most of our customers keep their trucks for 25 to 30 years. It's not unusual to see it stay around for longer than that. Um, in the, in the, concrete mixer industry they'll put new barrels on the truck and they'll keep that truck around so it's got to be durable it's got to be tough because it's got to last a long time cool and finally when are these trucks going to be out there when can i see one at the construction site yeah the um we are actually starting production but we're sending our first production units out to dealers so that more customers can get access to them um, so you probably won't see one on, well, other than our test units. So if you know where to look, you'll see one on the job site right now. Um, but you'll start seeing them in the beginning of the next year, really start turning up on job sites in droves. Awesome. Well, uh, I learned a lot. I think the uh, listeners and the viewers learned a lot too. Um, so uh, Samantha, thank you very much for taking the time and hopefully we'll get, you know, we'll actually be in person eventually so I can actually yeah. drive the truck. I cannot wait to, to have you here in person and take you through um, some of the harshest testing. I can't wait to take you over what we call track six, which beats the crap out of you and the truck. Um, I'm really looking forward to it. All right, I appreciate it. Thank you for your time. Awesome. Thanks, Andre. Okay. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.